Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Our Roots and Tea, where we continue to discuss、um, very existential topics: spirituality, meditation, self-growth, personal growth.、Um, and we we always talk to different types of guests with different professions, different life experiences, and kind of just see how and break it down to see how it's all all really linked to to everyone really. Uh, what、mm-hmm. we experience, and today we have a very very talented guest. Her name is Rosie <laughs> Rosie Beltran. Is that how you pronounce the last name? Okay. Yeah. I don't want to butcher.、Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I butcher my own last name. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I have、okay. people who correct me when I say my last name. It's like, whoa. It's my last name. I can say it however I want. Ah, <laughs>、uh, that's that's funny. Um, but yeah, thank thank you for、uh, coming on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's really it's really cool. And yeah, Rosie, Rosie, she's a, a very very fantastic production designer here in the in the film industry, and she's worked on a bunch of projects. I know the last. Mm-hmm. Last film she's done, I saw her posted. It was like it's this、um, horror film called Big Freaking Rat.、Uh, <laughs> I, I saw the trailer.、Yeah. I saw the trailer of that, but、um, <laughs> yeah, I haven't actually checked out yet. And and I know she's also been involved in in a lot of、uh, big network projects. You know, talking about、uh, Lifetime Originals, BET Networks,、uh, all that, all all the big stuff that she's she's kind of you know. Had a hand in, which is which is just pretty awesome. So whoever's listening,、mm-hmm. whoever's listening, hire hire her. She needs she yeah, needs yeah, please, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, please. <laughs>、uh, well, anyways,、um, so I we I do want to obviously go a little bit, kind of talk a little bit about Rosie's backstory here. So、uh, I mean, kind of want to know a little bit about why. What what is the fascination with production design? Like why why p- production design out of out of anything you could could have chosen? <laughs> okay, so I actually originally wanted to do camera. I、mm. wanted to be an AC, and because I loved taking pictures since I was really little, I we used to buy a bunch of the disposable cameras, and I was always taking pictures of everything. <laughs> So I actually have a big box full of a lot of photos that I've taken since I was in elementary school. So I have my life documented, and then I transitioned to videotaping everything when、uh, video cameras came out, and they were kind of small. So I decided, you know what? I'm always documenting everything. I think this is what I should be doing, and I. Tried, tried to do AC work, but it was just really competitive and hard, and I wasn't getting anywhere. So I experimented with art stuff and and figured out, you know what? I actually really enjoy doing art because it, I'm very creative. I was always into crafting, making things. So I was like, you know what? I don't know why I didn't think about that, but it's. It's actually really great. It feeds my creativity more so than camera work,、mm. and so I just decided to go in that direction. And I've lo- I've enjoyed it. It's really fit me well, 
and that's where I belong because I, I love visually putting a world together. I like designing a world, bringing it to life and, you know, decorating and uh, props and, you know, having fun with characters, props and items. So that's how, that's how I got to that to that uh, department okay Wait, so you didn't so did you not feel like you were getting the same kind of creativity feel from camera because you could still craft the world from camera yeah well I know I know that but I just for me personally I wasn't getting the EC work mm. so I wasn't I wasn't growing in that department because it's very competitive you get one ac first ac you got one second uh second ac mm -hmm. and that's it but at least you know so it was very competitive i wasn't able to grow in that so i decided you know what i need to find a different department where i know i'm going to be able to grow and i found that with art and art you can have several um roles and positions so I just for some reason it just clicked with me in that department I love camera I still do I, I it's still fun but I for me I realized that production design is where I fit I just feel like that's where I can grow I I feel like I um I'm satisfying my creativity. Okay. That. Yeah. And because you talked about how you you love to craft, uh, you know, craft characters, craft objects, decorate. So, mm -hmm. were you, you know, as a kid, you know, were were you doing that too? You know, as a kid, how you know how, mm -hmm. when, you know how a lot of times. When you're a kid, usually you'll play with dolls or play with like Play-Doh. You start like building stuff. Yeah. Were you kind of like that? Yeah. So I was never into dolls. Okay. <laughs> um, I had some Barbies, but I just never was one to play with dolls. Okay. And I always wanted to make stuff. So I would sew like purses, sew things. I would get clay. The, the type of clay that you could just bake in the oven and I was always making little figurines and stuff and then as I got older I started to um make make items like I don't know um just started decorating and making things as you know as I got older it started to evolve and I was just always someone who liked to make stuff crafts and um that's just that's just kind of always what I've done I'm an only child so I didn't have siblings to play with mm. and my um uh, my parents were always working so growing up my my great grandma would babysit me and she would make stuff with me so I I really enjoyed that and I kind of carried that through my life as I got older, I was, I was always creating stuff. Even now, I'm still, I still do stuff for myself, making little crafts. I, like last year, I got into making miniature stuff. I bought those little kits and started making little miniature 
scenes and really got involved with that. And uh, it's just, it's just something I've always done. So I thought, you know, why not do it professionally? <laughs> mm -hmm. Because I, that, that's where I see myself not working uh, like a corporate job. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. And then are you, I mean, I guess, I mean, in order to have that kind of imagination and creativity, you know, obviously to build all, all you know, like a whole world, then my, my guess is that my assumption that you are a pretty big movie fan, right? Because you're inspired by mm -hmm. movies, I'm sure. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, of course. I mean, <laughs> it would be so silly if I wasn't a fan of movies working in the industry. It's like, what? How can you work in the industry but not be a fan of movies? Um. Well, true, but the it's only so reason... weird. Well, yes and no, because the reason why is you know I I I I do know people where, you know, just because they do or like in that certain field or do that certain job, like once they get off work, they kind of just do other things. Because it's almost one of those things where like, oh, all day I'm already doing that, you know. So afterwards, I want to okay. take a break. Is something else right but um <laughs> no, no no you make a good point and, and so my follow-up question from that was what was one of the kind of your i get the movie that gives you like the major inspiration the one that kind of pushed you you know i don't think i don't think a movie was what inspired me to to get into film honestly oh, okay. even though I love movies yeah um you know I grew I know my genre that was something that I was like yeah that's so cool which is horror mm. I grew up watching horror movies because of my great grandma <laughs> mm. who would babysit me and you know she would make stuff with me when she would when I was with her and she also had me watch a lot of horror movies which for my age at the time was not a good thing <laughs> because I was really little. So I, I was afraid of a lot of things, mm -hmm. but I, when I got older, I realized, you know, I love horror movies because that's what I grew up watching and it would be really fun to, to do that, um, to, to make those things and be part of that and see how all that comes together. So horror genre mm. is what really made me excited <laughs> and then what are you. you talking about are you talking about like all types of horror films or or specific i know i like all horror okay um i guess naturally i kind of just gravitate to or i just love watching vampire movies because oh. my great grandma loves vampire movies mm. So that's what I, you know, watched a lot of those and I have a soft spot for vampire movies, <laughs> that type of genre, but any, any horror genre is really fun to do, even if it's campy, mm. silly to serious, mm. it's just really fun because you can have so much fun with horror. Yeah. You know, the gore, the scary aspects, it's just, you know, anything goes really with horror because it's. Yeah it's a world that you can create, make your own rules and just have fun with it. Right. Well, yeah, that's true. I'm mean, actually, well, any movies is like, you know, you could establish like your own world. And, yeah. Right. Yeah. But I know what you mean by horror. Okay. 
Um, then let me ask you this, because you say you like watching vampire movies. Then what do you consider Twilight to be then? Because I, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <sighs> I don't agree that it's a vampire movie. Okay. But uh, then I'm going against what I said, that you can make your own rules. So it, yes, it's a vampire movie, I guess. Personally, for me, I think it's silly because <laughs> there's no traditional vampire at all in it. But, um, you know, it, it's for a different generation of people mm -hmm. who grew up with Twilight. I was a little too old already when Twilight came about. You know, I my, my version of vampires was Interview with the Vampire. Mm. And rice. So, yep. you know, those, I read those books. Yes. So, but, you know, there's, uh, you know, the newer generation and that's their vampire. So that's their version of Anne Rice. Mm -hmm. But personally, me, I'm like, that's not a vampire movie. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not really a horror genre either. So it's not. No, yeah. it's more of like just drama. Yeah. You know, I, I don't really consider that horror. Right. Okay. Okay. And now I guess now just to kind of pivot into uh, another direction is that, you know, okay, you, you know, this is something that you love to do, you're passionate about. And then I know, mm -hmm. you know, of course, you and I had talked a little bit before about how it's been kind of rough for you uh, the past year or so in this field in, in production design, especially because um, mm -hmm. you just mm -hmm. mentioned to me that it was very hard for you to, to even get work. So I mean, yeah i mean how's that been and what's what's happening there you know um yeah uh, things have been really slow last year obviously because coronavirus hit right march yeah so i actually got lucky because i was able to work right before um the lockdown took place okay. actually the law i wrapped a movie <laughs> the day before lockdown mm -hmm. so but um i had difficulties finding work when i was in ac but i found when i transitioned over to art that yeah. i actually found more work uh -huh. so um probably the last two years though it was a little rough it was eh, it was a little inconsistent with work especially 2019 I believe uh I found it a very a little difficult but also I'm in a program mm -hmm. for to get me to help me get into union mm -hmm. so that was a contributing factor to difficulty with work mm -hmm. um because I'm do, I'm pretty much doing school you know mm -hmm. I'm doing these classes more hands-on classes to train me for union so I, um, that made it kind of difficult to work mm. projects. So I had to, I had to be selective and find things that weren't long, like weeks. I couldn't do a project that was like weeks long because I had classes that I needed to do. And that is my priority because that is going to get me into union. That's still my priority. Um, Last year I was supposed to do, I was supposed to submit all my work and test, but then, you know, we had the lockdown yeah. 
And ever since then, it's just, it's not really possible for me to test right now. I'm hoping maybe this year they're talking about it, picking, like being able to maybe test. So hopefully, but um, as of right now, you know, it's, it's kind of on pause. And since the pandemic, things being really not, you know, it's like, it's, kind of safe but not really do I really want to risk it no (laughs) um I just I think right now I'm just going to focus on trying to be safe take work but also have to be realistic is like is this really going to benefit me I have you know if I get a date like a one day on something is it really gonna benefit me is it gonna help me is it safe Mm -hmm. so that's I think that's why I'm kind of just sticking with working this temporary job at the bookstore because um you know I I don't have to worry about financial problems um I don't know. I guess part of me right now just kind of just wants some sort of reliable stability because last year was just so horrible. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just for me. I mean, it was for everybody, but going through last year, it was just so um, mentally horrible. And I feel like I just need some sort of stability right now. And naturally freelancing isn't st- stable yeah. as yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. I you know I call us like pirates because we do a job and then we got to look for a new one and we mm-hmm. go to a new one and and I just write since last year was so horrible I just feel like I need some sort of stability in something that I can count on mm-hmm. just so I can work on feeling um I don't know feeling myself sure feeling happy again and um you know getting just being comfortable with being a filmmaker again because I just I don't feel I just feel like I lost that that part of myself last year and it was just so hard it was just horrible Mm -hmm. and hard (laughs) so um, you know it's it's the beginning of the year Staying positive and and just really hoping that the you know I'll get that back because I don't feel like I really have it right now, and it's just been really hard mentally with that. So you know I'm hoping with this year, it feels like things are kind of getting in control. So I'm just like keeping fingers crossed and ready to just dive in Mm. when I feel for myself that Mm. it's going to be, it's going to be beneficial. Okay. Um, Got, got, got a couple of questions there. I mean, one, Mm -hmm. I mean, throughout, throughout last, throughout the whole year last year, I mean, cause you talked about how, you know, getting a job, obviously helping you in terms of mentally, like a stability type. Um, And was there anything else that you're doing to try to make yourself, I guess, 
mentally feel better. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you have s- certain other activities or routines that you're. you're- mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, um, I did some crafting stuff. I started doing the miniature things mm-hmm. like the miniature diagrams mm-hmm. and <laughs> I decided to take up roller skating. <laughs> mm, cool. So I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give that a shot and kind of um, give me something to focus on. So I, I took up roller skating and um, they're just, uh, I just, you know, just got like artsy, artsy projects for myself. So I redid my room. Haven't had, like, I haven't changed my room since I was in high school. And that's like 10, 15 years. So I decided, okay, I'm going to do my whole room. So completely got, got rid of everything, changed, you know, repainted it, got new furniture. So, you know, that that was kind of feeding my creativity, creating Mm -hmm. my, my environment in my room, making it fit the person I am now, because when I was in high school, I wasn't, you know, I'm not that person anymore. And my room didn't reflect me. So I thought, okay, you know what? I want to make my room reflect who I am now. So I got to do that. That took a couple months of Mm -hmm. just um, redecorating it Mm -hmm. and making it fit, making me feel better. And it actually made me feel a little bit better to have my personal space reflect who I am now. Mm. And so I did that. And now that's pretty much it. And then (laughs) just finding some sort of physical activity, which I, I've been doing with the roller skating. I haven't done much of it now because I, you know, got sick in December. Yeah. And it hasn't, um, physical activity is not, uh, I have to be careful. Yeah. With physical activity. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's actually another thing too, is that it, it must be obviously really tough for you because, you know, you're doing all those things throughout the year and then you felt like there's progress and you're doing better. And then, then of course you told me that, you know, you and your family, you know, had, had COVID got sick and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, I, I know you told me about how there was like a really, like a really kind of dangerous moment, I guess, in within your family. Mm-hmm and yeah yeah so how I mean just take me through that all that experience and how I mean how do you ultimately kind of overcome all that well uh so in my household it's me my parents and we got COVID the week of Christmas Mm. and uh, we got very lucky because it was very minor Mm-hmm. all three of us but even though it's the minor symptoms and the minor case it still wasn't entirely we weren't safe yeah um it was like a really bad flu that just would not let up so mm. every you know all throughout the day on and off fever uh body chills um what is it body chills shortness of breath Mm, no 
that came after. Okay. <laughs> uh, not eating, no appetite, okay. nauseate, uh, being nauseous, headaches. It was just constant mm-hmm. all throughout the day. So um, that was about the first week. For me, that was it. Uh, after like seven, eight days, my fever stopped, my body stopped. I started to get hungry again. I was getting my appetite. I I noticed that I had shortness of breath. So if I just walking up the stairs made me exhausted and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, my parents, the same thing. They, they had the, they had the same symptoms, but theirs lasted longer. Mm. And after we got into the second week of being sick, I started started to make improvements but my parents were still the same and we uh my boyfriend David Mm. his brother is a doctor so David oh David also um he was with us he tested positive but he had no symptoms Mm. he was very lucky wow so he took care of me and my parents Mm, because he had no symptoms we were all unable to do things yeah yeah we couldn't cook. We couldn't feed ourselves. We weren't hungry. Um, you know, it's so he took care of us and his brother is a doctor in Washington. So he was advising us <laughs> over the phone, you know, so David was in contact with him, letting him know what was going on with us. So his brother was, you know, trying to take care of us as well. So he, you know, he, we bought a oxygen tester and, you know, he was testing us to, you know, monitor our oxygen because that was kind of the, that's the dangerous part is if your oxygen is getting low and you're not aware, Mm -hmm. that's the problem. Mm -hmm. That's a big problem. Mm -hmm. So I was fine, but my parents, however, were having issues with their oxygen levels. So my mom was the first one to go to the doc, to the um, emergency room. And we found out that she got pneumonia, which Mm. is very common. You do end up, you can get pneumonia from coronavirus. Yeah. So she got pneumonia and they sent her home the same day, which was a good thing. So she was okay. My dad, however, oxygen level was just really bad he was coughing he didn't want to take any medicine he didn't want to eat um he just he couldn't even get up to shower or go to the bathroom really you know he just was just not doing well we tested his oxygen the same day that we took my mom to the emergency room I um David noticed that my dad's face was like red and my, he was like, you know, your dad's face has been really red. It looks like he's like not, like, it's like he's not getting oxygen. Mm. Tested him. His oxygen was so bad. It was like down to the 80s. Mm. Which is not good. That's like the no safe zone. Wow. And dropped him off to the emergency room like an hour after my mom. And... um they told us, okay, no, he has to stay. His oxygen is really bad. Um, He needs to be on a breathing. um, He needs to, we need to give him actual oxygen. 
Yeah. He wasn't on a ventilator. He didn't he didn't get that bad. But uh he had to stay in the hospital and they had to monitor him and then help him to basically build up his immune system so he can actually breathe properly and build that back up. So he was in the hospital for two weeks. Wow. And uh, it was just, you know, he sounded horrible. He he lost a lot of weight. He lost 25 pounds. Um, his oxygen right now, uh, his breathing is okay. He does still struggle. He had the worst part of it. Even though it was still minor, he still had the worst. Mm. And uh, yeah, we've all recovered, but we do have lingering effects. Like I still get any extreme physical activity. Even just walking up the stairs, I have to be careful because mm -hmm. I, I do struggle. Mm -hmm. I do get exhausted very mm -hmm. easily. Um, same thing with my mom and my dad. Me and my mom both, we, um, our taste buds are a little sensitive which is really frustrating uh, when you're eating something because you'll taste like extreme salt, but yeah. no flavor. Mm. We can, our smells are fine. Um, but yeah, it's, it's honestly not a joke. Oh, Coronavirus. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Is not a joke. Even at the, the most minor case, it is yeah. still not a joke. Yeah. And, oh, and also we just, we just, um, discovered or noticed that we have me and my mom are losing our hair mm. and that is a side effect in women because of the stress that your body goes through oh wow it causes women mm -hmm. to lose their hair so my mom has it worse I feel so bad for my mom because hers is just way worse than what I'm experiencing I've been losing my hair but not as much as my mom my mom actually has a bald spot Oh, wow. In her hair because she's just losing so much hair. Like it fills up her whole palm. Yeah. Which is not good. But it's a temporary side effect from COVID because of the stress that what our bodies yeah. went through. I mean, we didn't for a whole week, I did not eat. Like I had to force food just to give me a slight amount of energy. Mm. And I just didn't want to eat. I lost 15 pounds. My mom lost 15 pounds. My dad lost 25 pounds. You know, it was just, it was very damaging to our bodies Yeah, yeah. going through that. Yeah. And it's just, it's not a joke. And it, it just, uh, be, being, working in customer service, I'm seeing how many people just don't take this seriously. Yeah, yeah. And I just like, oh my God, like I got coronavirus. Yeah. I never want to go through that again. That's like how, terrible. yeah. You know, and I, I know people who also got it, family members got it. They weren't as lucky. They mm -hmm. died. You know, people, one of my friends from high school, she lost her dad oh. um, the week before I, me and my family got coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And it was so hard going through that with her because, you know, she was her daddy's girl. She loved her dad. She was so close to her dad and her, you know, they lost her dad and then a week later we get it and then yeah. you know all these things are going through my head i'm like oh my god you know how bad is it going to get or you know what's going on when, you know when my parents had to go to the hospital 
I actually started to get worried. Mm. I wasn't worried when we were all sick. So I'm like, okay, you know, it's been pretty consistent. I think we're going to overcome this. And then they went to the hospital and then that's when panic kind of set in. I was like, oh my God, like, are they going to be fine? Like, how Mm. bad is it? Like, did we, you know, did we miss it? Did we miss the signs that it was going to be more severe for them? Yeah. You know, you know, all these things just come up and, you know, my dad ended up staying and we were kind of like worried because he's, they're not letting him go home. And then when he came home, they sent us, you know, we had to, he had to have a breathing machine for nighttime. He needed to carry an oxygen tank with him. And, you know, it's just, this was a minor case and it was just so horrible. Yeah. And, you know, seeing people, how they're not taking it serious, you know, they don't want to wear their masks. Uh, Businesses have a procedure that, you know, they have these procedures to try and keep customers safe and the coworkers safe. And people just find it just like this really big inconvenience. And it's like, yeah, okay. It's, yes, it's a hassle having to wear a mask. It sucks. And, you know, because we can't breathe freely and you can't just do things you know you have to be cautious about everything you do and I just don't understand how people just aren't taking it serious we're, we're a year into this yeah yeah and yeah like, I know it's crazy what? it's what? crazy like, I, I know I, I agree with you it's so crazy because I actually was about to ask you like why do you think that's the case I mean do you do you feel like is it because the fact that people just generally take things for granted, maybe take life for granted and not valuing it. You know, you, do you mm-hmm. feel like that's the case? Yeah. Uh, we are very spoiled here <laughs> in, in our country. We're, we are very spoiled. And I got to talk to people who weren't from, who are not from this country, mm-hmm. who have family in other countries like London, um, uh, Venezuela, they're way more strict over there. Whereas we, yes, we have these lockdowns and, you know, we had the enforced curfew, businesses had to stay closed. Even though all those things happened, people were still not following the rules. They just was like, no, this is inconvenient. I can't go, I can't go out. I can't, I can't do this. It's like, well, yeah, we have a pandemic. Yeah. The deaths are rising every yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. You really shouldn't be socializing with people. Mm-hmm. And um I don't I don't know why they people some people just don't take it seriously. I don't know. I I I, I it's just baffles me. Yeah. And then now with the with the vaccines, there's a lot of mis understandings yeah. about the vaccines because they think oh I got vaccinated mm-hmm. I'm gonna be okay it's like mm-hmm. you're not gonna die but you could still catch it mm-hmm. and still experience you know minor symptoms yeah. and even those minor symptoms are not pleasant yeah yeah you know I would take getting a flu over getting mm-hmm. the coronavirus because at least the flu there's medicine you can take that will help you to get through it when we had the virus nothing Mm. there was nothing we could do 
to to help get through it we just we had to experience yeah the worst of it and it was like just it was just so hard it's it takes a toll on your body I don't know I I really wish I I knew why like still to this day people coming into the bookstore don't want to wear the mask we have to kick them out Mm-hmm. and they just like this is stupid or I can only come in one way I can only enter the building one way and I have to exit the other way why can't I just come out the way I came in it's like no yeah six feet apart guys six yeah. feet apart yeah. <laughs> we need to be we, we care about our customers mm-hmm. but we also care about ourselves mm-hmm. and I don't know maybe it's denial people just don't want to accept that this is the new way of life. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say, oh, things are going to go back to normal. Things are going to go back to normal. Like, no, it's never going to be that way. Yeah. yeah. That, that way of life that we knew yes. is gone. Yeah. Like, this is the new life. We are, a, we are establishing a new way of life now. It's like, it's never going to be the way it was. I'm sorry. Yeah. But it's just not. We all wanted to, but. Yeah. So. We need to accept that reality is this is new and this is the way it's going to be. Coronavirus is not going to go away. Yeah. This is, we need to adapt and accept this. (laughs) A lot of people just don't want to, I guess they're in denial. They just don't want to. That's the thing. That's, that's bad though too. Right. Because you know, like denial of anything is, 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 it's not healthy, you know, on a mental, uh-huh. mental aspect, because like what you said, this is going to, this is really the new culture, the new life, the new reality, wearing face mask, face mask is the thing. Now you just have to do, uh-huh. um, even with vaccines, you know, <clears throat> I think CDC were saying that you, you still have to wear a mask probably even until the end of this year, probably, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause there's four new, yeah. there's four new strains. So you're getting vaccinated for the first strain that came out. Yeah. But there's four new strains that the vaccine is not going to protect you from. So yeah, you still have to wear a mask (laughs) because you're only protecting yourself from the first strain. But there's four new strains that we don't have a vaccine for yet that they're currently trying to, I guess, trying to, to get out there. Yeah. But as of right now, it's like, there's nothing... Mm-hmm. like you can still get it so i could still get one of the new four strains or all of them and that yeah. who knows that could yeah. be even worse you know i might not be as lucky so yeah like uh, there's just a lot of people just not really understanding not educating themselves uh denial and <laughs> denial yes like you said denial is unhealthy it really is because what strain what um comes from denial is anger resentment Mm. and i'm seeing that a lot of people who don't want to accept what's going on are very um aggressive about things you ask them like i'm sorry can you please put the mask over your nose because a lot of people walking around without the mask covering their nose and they get really hostile and aggressive like oh I'm wearing it like, yeah, but your nose is exposed. So if you sneeze and something comes out your nose, it spreads. Yeah. So, uh, you know, people are very hostile 
and aggressive. And I'm seeing that in the people who are not, they just don't want to accept mm. what's okay. what our world has become in the past year. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's bringing out a lot of very aggressive, angry people. Okay. And it's just not healthy. Of course. Absolutely. And, and to kind of follow up on that, I mean, from your point of view, I mean, obviously, you know, one person can't change the world or change everything. But from your point of view, how, how do you propose that we can kind of, I guess I don't want to say correct the issue, but at least change like people's perspective. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I know, I don't know if this do like some kind of lectures that you need to like give people like, Hey, this is no joke or, or some kind of like, you know, spiritual talk, whatever. Right. Because I, because this is something I've, I've had multiple conversations with, with a lot of my friends and even some guests on, on this show is that mm-hmm. I always, I, I kind of keep pointing out that there's still so many people that seem to be kind of haven't really grown in, in really any, any way, even the fact that we just we're still going through the pandemic right now for the whole year but yeah. but then you know naturally when something kind of major happened like a life-changing incident that happened you know mm-hmm. you would kind of be a different person right i would think but then you would think yeah it's weird it's such a weird i don't know if it's some kind of phenomenon thing going i don't know what what the deal is but um I don't, you know there i think some people you just can't change their mind no matter what they go through some people are just set in their ways Mm -hmm. and even though they they've maybe even lost a family member to it and they're still not taking it serious Mm -hmm. I think it's just they're just set in their ways Mm. so when a way to, I guess, spread it or spread the gospel (laughs) of of, uh, taking this serious is to talk about it and say, hey, you know what? This is not a joke. Mm -hmm. And it's up to the individual that you talk to, to make that decision to take it serious. Mm -hmm. But there are just some people you, you just can't get to their you can't get through their head and their mind their mind frame of Mm. what's going on and usually it tend it takes that individual to go through something Mm. severe in order for that to change their mind and sometimes it just doesn't work (laughs) right uh my dad was one of those people who just wasn't taking it serious Mm. he would you know, like, oh, this is an inconvenience. I hate wearing this mask. I hate not being able to go to dinner at a restaurant. Um, you know, he was that way. And then he he started to change his mind a little bit when people he worked with were losing family members or, you know, they were losing people to it. Then he kind of started to change. He started to kind of be like, huh, this seems pretty dangerous. And then he got it. <laughs> went through you know experienced it and it it changed I think it changed his mind because now I you know he doesn't he doesn't um say like oh I hate wearing this mask or I hate that we have to do this or 
um, it's not easy to go do what we want to do. I think it's, I think it's changed his mind. Okay. So he, you know, I was kind of lucky that it was fine. It was finally, we were finally able to get him to really understand how serious it is. And, you know, I, I hate that it has to come to that for people, for them yeah. to have to go through something like that yeah. in order for them to say, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is serious. Right. Absolutely. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, of, of course. You don't never want to wish ill on anyone, but. Mm-mm, no. Um, Mm-mm. And let me ask you this then. How, how has this experience changed you? I mean, if, I mean, because I'm sure, you know, even before you actually got sick, I mean, you probably starting to become a different person but after mm-hmm. going after going through this you know i'm guessing it has to be some kind of life-changing revelation yeah. right yeah um i could i could say that my mental health has been greatly affected mm. um going through everything last year before i got sick was mentally hard on me um, realize, I, I, realizing that, um, to do, to do my career going forward in my career, I, I have to, I have to approach it differently now because it's even our career doing the film industry, things have changed. And mm-hmm. that's how they're going to be. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, now it's going to be, it, I have to do things. I have to see things differently mm-hmm. because that has changed. I feel maybe it's just because of right now what's going on, but I kind of feel like it's going to be more challenging for me personally. I think it's going to be more challenging just seeing how things are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not going to be this way. Mm-hmm. forever uh things will improve but as of right now it feels like it's going to be a little more complicated there's going to be more bumps in the road than there was already so i i, I guess i need to mentally uh mental like just my mental health I need to take more steps mm. to to treat it and prepare myself for what's going to come because okay. I know it's going to be more difficult. There's going to be more challenges and I need to prepare myself and I and I need to be able to overcome that. Okay. Cuz I, I guess I guess right since I guess right now I've I've kind of just put a pause on that because I, I just feel like for me mentally, I need, <laughs> I need some stability because I didn't have any of that last year. And yeah. I just feel like I need stability so I can breathe. Okay. Did, did you find yourself like kind of drifting towards like depression, like that kind that kind of deal too, you know? Um, so personally, uh, like off to the side, I've dealt with depression for a very long time. I, I do have depression. I have anxiety. Um, that's something I've always had mm. and I've always been dealing with. Yes, it got worse last year. 
Oh, um, yes, it's not very good right now. Um, so that's, that's kind of a priority for me right now is really trying to work on that because last year was just, hey man, it really just oh, yeah. ripped me apart. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> I, I know what you mean. Someone with, I'm, well, cause I have a little bit of anxiety myself. You know, I've, mm-hmm. I've had depression issues too. So for someone with like, you know, anxiety or mental health problems. Yeah, this the lockdown pandemic is just like you're shooting it up to the max. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, well, it was so horrible. My 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 dog, I've had her for 15 years. I had to put her down. Oh. Uh, Cuz she just got so old. Doing that right in the peak of the pandemic, losing her. Mm losing my my career like let me my creative outlet having to be stuck at home um i'm i'm a i'm a homebody Mm. and i'm an introvert Mm. but when it becomes something that's not your choice it really it really just damages you because it's Mm. like yeah i'm an introvert yeah i like being home but when it's become when it turns into something where it's not my choice it's like i have to stay home and isolate that really messes with you mm-hmm. mentally because it's not your choice. Usually yeah. it is my choice, even yeah. though it's not a good choice. It's still my choice. Yeah. When it becomes not your choice, that's mm-hmm. when it really damages you. Mm-hmm. Of course. So I, you know, I had that all last year. So now it's like, okay, I need to do damage control on that. Cause I wasn't able to do anything about it. There was just nothing I could do about it. It just, it was just happening. So now I'm trying to fix it. I'm, I'm working on it and trying to repair <laughs> everything I went through last year. Uh, because it was just, it was just hard. I, I didn't, I didn't try and work on my mental health last year. I just was like, I'm, I'm, de- I'm a mess. I'm going to, mm. I'm just going to be a mess okay. <laughs> because Okay. Um, yeah. And cause, I mean, you, you did mention that, you know, kind of, uh, you know, even before pandemic, you, you know, you've always had some depression issues. And I mean, mm-hmm. I know that there are a lot of, you know, a lot of people are probably experiencing the same thing, you know, yeah. for, for those who's listening or, or not, because, because I, I think a lot of people are more open about talking to me- talking about mental health, you know? And so mm-hmm. it, from your experience and from your point of view, how were you even how were you even dealing with like what if whatever issues you had before even before the pandemic like what were some of the things that you were doing to deal with it i mean mm. uh so when i was young when i was in my mid 20s i decided to do therapy okay so i've been in therapy on and off okay um pre-pandemic I want to say actually so I've been in this this program for the union for three years now Mm -hmm. before I started that program I felt like I had a good grip on my mental health you know Mm -hmm. I I was consistent with my therapy I was opening up to my my mom and you know talking to her about anything that was 
you know, bothering me, you know, I just, I started to allow myself to feel comfortable opening up to her and talking to her, doing my therapy. And I, I had control. I was Mm. doing well. And then this, I decided, you know, I did this program and school had to become my priority versus Mm. working. And I don't know what happened, but that just, something just clicked and I reverted back. I lost control. I lost my, um, I lost all that control I had. So I was struggling because I wasn't confident anymore. I struggled to take work, to go to jobs, especially jobs where I didn't know anyone. Mm -hmm. My anxiety would just hit Mm. the highest. Mm -hmm. And the night before work, the night before a project, I would just panic. I couldn't breathe. I was crying. I was, I was freaking out. Uh, I didn't want to leave my room. I didn't even want to talk to anyone. It was just, it was just that. And it's been that, um, honestly, it it hasn't really, it's still kind of that issue. Yeah. And I hate it. It, It's because I, 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 that wasn't me before. Anytime someone called me for work. Yeah, let's do it. The day you call me the day of, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. That, that went away. And now it's Mm. like, um, you know, the past three years, it's been really hard. And I, and I, I don't feel like I'm me. Mm. I told my mom, my mom was like worried. She's like, maybe you shouldn't be doing this because look at what it's doing to you mentally. And I'm like, no, no, no. I promise you, this is not right now. This is not me. I'm mm. not who I am because something, something happened. I don't know what, but something happened and it just had me revert back uh. to be someone who had no control of my emotions and my anxieties, you know, I have, I have an anxiety disorder. So with an, a disorder, anything can trigger it. Anything can happen and set you down that path. Yeah. And once you're down that path, you just spiral out of control and you just, you, there's nothing you can do really to, to, to get better or to, you know, to feel better in that moment because of the disorder, you know, Right, I see what anything you... can be a trigger to me. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know what you mean. I mean, it's, it, I mean, that's the reason why like, a lot of doctors always just prescribe drug drugs to people. Right. Because mm-hmm. even though like drugs only help to a certain extent, I mean, cause at the end of the day, I mean, you know, anxiety, depression, all the mental health stuff is really more than just, that's the thing that like a lot of people have a still have a misconception about is that they a lot of times they always say it's a chemical imbalance which yes is partially Mm -hmm. true but there's actually a lot of like really numerous factors that uh that contributes to you know all the mental health type of you know Mm -hmm. depression or whatever they have and so i don't think a lot of people really understand that aspect of it like maybe even some doctors or or maybe they do I don't know but you know yeah yeah um I definitely am on medications for it but you know medications aren't they're not the answer they're not the answer no it it, it's supposed to help you it's kind of like a cushion you know it's just kind of like okay I'm gonna 
I'm going to give you a little boost, but you know, it really, you just, it's just something you just have to really figure out. It's so hard to navigate yeah. uh, anxiety yeah. and depression because it, it does stem from uh, something that happened in your life. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I did not know mm. why. Mm. And two years ago, I decided to do hypnosis therapy, a oh. hypnosis therapy session. Okay. And that, so before I, you know, did the actual hypnosis, the, the doctor talked to me. Okay. And she was like, she asked me a series of questions to figure out why mm. I am where I am. And doing that answering her questions and talking it clicked in my head something just clicked and I was like oh I know why I am the way I am you know why I worry about it because of my past trauma with um you know one of my biggest fears is failure I don't want to be a failure I don't want to disappoint my mom I don't want to disappoint my stepdad Mm. um you know because I want them to be proud and happy with who I am so, you know, I, when, um, when I started having anxieties with work, one of my, the things that I was stressing about is like, I'm a failure. I'm a failure to myself. I'm a failure to my parents because I'm not doing this. I fought hard, especially with my parents mm. to be in the film industry because yeah. they were just, that's not a job. No, you can't do that. And yeah. I fought hard to convince them that this is this is where I belong this is yeah. my career path yeah and after all that fighting and convincing and then for me to go you know for me to then to go to having really major anxiety issues and not being able to go to a job that was just you know I was worried that they weren't going to support me anymore mm-hmm. my you know my mom is my support system yeah. especially And I was worried, like, if I lose that support system, I'm not going to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. I need that. So Mm -hmm. my concern was, like, I was going to be a failure to her. And then she was going to say, that's it. You can't do this anymore. You need to get a real job and and not do this. You know, that was a big thing that really just destroyed me every time. So. Oh, wow. uh, so, so, that I, was, so okay, I see, I see. So that was the dis, that was the discovery that you you had with the hypnosis therapy. Yeah, with with the questions that she was talking to me about, because uh, my my biological dad was very verbally abusive to me, and oh. that is why I have my anxieties and my depression. Because when I was, you know, he was very abusive verbally to me since I was born you know or you know since I ever since I can remember and at the eight the critical age where you are developing as a person Mm -hmm. him being so uh, mentally abusive towards me that is how my mind developed that is how Mm -hmm. I developed so I wasn't even aware Mm -hmm. that that was you know that's where it stemmed from so with my hypnosis therapist you know it came it came to realization that my 
the the question okay the question that she asked me is was have you ever been bullied and I was like no I've never been bullied you know people didn't bully me at school or anything and then I I paused and I was like wait my dad my dad you know because he always told me like oh you're fat you're not pretty how come how come you're not smart oh you got a C in this class why didn't you get it you know he was just just would just rip me apart and I realized wait my dad my dad used to Mm. you know always put me down is that a form of bullying she's like yeah and that's where it clicked it was like oh okay so that's where that comes from and even though I realized that I still I still am afraid of failure I don't want to be a failure I don't want to fail myself I don't want to fail my parents yeah Yeah. so you know I realized that through uh, my hypnosis and you right. know, it does stem from something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, because like, because um, throughout the throughout this whole time, your mind, this is why the mind is so tricky. The mind's basically mm-hmm. just, mind's just basically putting up all these defense mechanisms mm-hmm. for basically for yourself to kind of cope with and, and you know, kind of in some sense, make yourself feel better. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of, that's, that's how a lot of it, happens like what you said during that development period because you you don't even know that your mind is doing that mm-hmm. but that's just mm-hmm. that's just the way how it tricks you so it's so it's such a it's such a really like out, it is kind of like crazy how the mind can do do so much right um yeah and, and you know honestly it, these things it's so hard yeah to to um treat it because mental disorders you can't really there's there's no like way to really treat it other than right talking it out yes um figuring out ways to cope and really just cope I I wasn't coping (laughs) my thing was just shut down Mm. cry lock myself in my room Mm. don't go out don't talk to anybody Mm. and just uh beat myself up over it Mm -hmm. I wasn't coping with it yeah and now um currently or you know since the past year is like okay I need to find ways to cope and um treat it yeah because I wasn't I mean yeah I was doing therapy yeah I'm on medications but I'm I need to cope with it I can't just uh shut down yeah okay because that's my natural thing to go through is shut down yeah oh yeah that's dangerous whoa me (laughs) shut down you know put myself down and I, I, you know, I need to not do that. I need to actually work on it. Okay. That's the hard thing, you know, yes. it's really hard to do that. Absolutely. It's, it's, I mean, it's very tough. Oh, but the good, the positive way to look at it is that, you know, I mean, a lot of times when someone suffers like, you know, mental illness, mm-hmm. whether it's a disorder or whatever it is, very, there's, it's very often that you always feel like you're the only one that's going through it and no one else's but then mm-hmm. it's funny because but then and i think that's where all the connection and you know with human connection talking it out uh, um, why it helps so much because you realize that a lot of people are actually feeling the same way just no one wants mm-hmm. to really express themselves 
you know? Yeah. Um, and no, I absolutely understand because I, you know, for me many years, that's kind of how I felt too. Cause it, well, for me, especially because, um, for a male to say that they have mental issues or health, mental health issues, that's even like a bigger stigma and bigger no-no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually for males is in, in that aspect is actually even more stress or more, more pressure because we, we aren't supposed to admit that we have issues because we're, yeah. because we're males, right? In this, in this society, we're not supposed to. Um, yeah, because it's a sign of weakness. Yeah. And people don't want to accept that a man can be weak, but a woman can be weak. Yes. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got, oh. yeah, she's just being a... Yeah, she's just being emotional. She's just being a drama queen or whatever, right? But yeah, so for for women, it's more acceptable. And yeah, you're just like, oh, okay. But when a guy has it, you're like, oh, are you what? You yeah, yeah be a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like you know, like something's wrong. Something's wrong with you, whatever, right? And 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 that's why I. That's actually one part of the progression. I, I've I've. I liked um, ever, well, not just even ever since the pandemic happened, but I think the last few years, what I've seen is that progression that more and more people are starting to be very outspoken in that, in that, um, in that area. Yeah. Uh, And that's great though, because that's, that's what kind of what you need, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and because uh, if there's like a bunch of these movements going on with, you know, obviously black lives matter and, and justice and all that, then this is also another sign of progression too. have people being outspoken about it. And, and I think that's very important. Um, yeah, we really need to normalize it yes. in a way, you know, because it's very common. A lot of people have it. Oh yeah. It's very common. It's so common that even, I mean, you could say everyone experiences some form of depression and anxiety. Yeah. Like it, it's just, it's very common and we need to not feel ashamed that we have those, those anxieties, you know, the depression, we, we need to not feel ashamed or embarrassed um, or be secretive about it. Cause the more people talk about it, the more normalized it becomes. And then the more we can actually say, okay, we have this issue let's what can we do to work on it because people yeah. are ashamed or embarrassed yeah. by it they don't talk about it and they don't get better that's true i no I absolutely agree with you i think everyone should um and and you know it's just the only reason why not everyone's doing it is because it, i mean okay well one good reason too I, i've always talked to my other friends about this is you know mm-hmm. social media is also a, a really huge um, cost for it because mm-hmm. no one really wants to post on social media that you have issues like right you know no one wants to see that right everyone wants to see like the the glamorous life the mm-hmm. highlights they're like I don't care if you are depressed right now whatever <laughs> I, no no it, it is really how yeah. most people think and I, th- I the problem is that now everyone's starting to develop that habit because mm-hmm. social media is just such a huge part of our lives now to the point yeah. that kind of what how people are acting like and and mm-hmm. no you're absolutely right it's very it's very bad um and I think yeah. I think because social media 
is so big. It's, I think now there's going to be more depression and anxieties Mm. in the newer generations because that's some, okay, I didn't, when I was a teenager, computers weren't a thing. People didn't have computers. People didn't even have cell phones. Yes. Um, I remember when Facebook was just for college people when it came out and MySpace was an actual dating site, yeah. <laughs> not a social, um, yeah. not a, a social thing. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't, I was, I'm very lucky. Those, you know, those things weren't existing or when they came about, I was old enough or it wasn't common for people to have all those things. And I'm so thankful because mm-hmm. God, the teenagers now it's terrifying what um, what they go through now yeah. because if you don't have social media, they're going to ridicule you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you're not, you don't have good pictures? Oh, yeah. you're a loser. Like yeah. there's so much pressure now. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. It, it scares me for, it's, I'm afraid for the younger people because they, oh, yeah. they, they have so many pressures now and that's going to cause depressions anxieties i mean look there was there was younger kids like who were in middle school who were committing suicide because they were being bullied online mm. like that's horrible a kid not even a teenager yeah, yeah, commits yeah. suicide because they're yeah. being bullied online yeah. because they're not conforming to the popular kids on on facebook or whatever because their followers that's, yeah their followers yeah. count were low or whatever yeah i know it's so it's so like terrible to me um i was watching euphoria which i really like the show mm-hmm. and it's all teenagers but man seeing what they go through i was like oh my god i'm so scared to have a kid in the future because that's that's the yeah. life they're gonna have yeah. and i'm, I'm yeah. terrified because mm-hmm. god who knows what damage yeah. technology can do to them because i didn't grow up with that yeah so you you know i didn't have to I, there wasn't really that pressure mm-hmm. with me having to keep up with the popular kids. Yeah. I just, you know, I didn't have that pressure. Yeah. And now there is that pressure mm-hmm. and it's just really terrifying. Oh yeah, I know it generations. is. It is. Okay. Uh, well, you know, we, we, okay. We're going to try to end this on a positive note. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the final, <laughs> okay. final, yeah. Final question I have for you is that mm-hmm. um, obviously you are, you know, trying to treat your mental health, getting revert back to, you know, how you were before, which is the good part. Um, so aside from doing that, how for you, like what, what, how are you, not how are you, but what, what are some ways that you, you're going to take action to try to help other people who are also experiencing the same, same issues? I, I am working on being more open about my personal issues. Mm. Um, I, I don't want to be ashamed about it. I don't want to keep it a secret as much as I'm not, I mean, I'm not proud of it, but this is not me. Like, I don't, I'm not going to like 
when I talk about it and I'm open about it, even on social media, I'm not doing it to show off. Yeah, or, you yeah. know, I'm doing it because I'm hoping that we can normalize it in a way where we feel safe acknowledging mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So if I'm more open about it with yeah. others, yeah. Hopefully they feel more open about it. And then hopefully that takes away some of that shame or guilt or any negative, right. That's great. Negative damaging thing to great. it. Great. So if we're more open about it and we share it, hopefully yeah. that. Um, Creates a conversation. Ho- yes. And hopefully that makes the other person. Yeah. Um, feel, I guess to have like a, a safe, space where they're not going to be judged by it because that's that's what makes it hard is when you feel that you can't be honest about the real things that are going on in your life because yeah social media it's all fake and you know everyone goes through stuff yeah everyone goes through you know no one's life is perfect yeah you know so really just being more open we need to we need to normalize it. I'm not saying like, hey, let's just let's just all be depressed and, and have anxiety yeah. and not do anything about it. No, we need to actively be working on yeah. it. But let's make it where it's not something where people are ashamed right. of. I don't want people to feel ashamed because I felt that. Yeah, of course. And I'm still struggling with it. Yeah. yeah. But I, I personally, I don't want to see people be ashamed. Okay, great. Oh, man. going through those things. That is that. That's great that you know you have that plan to do that, and and I hope that people are listening because, like what Rosie said, yes, being open, you know, encouraging to be open and not be ashamed. I think that's a great way to to end this episode because we you know we we did cover a lot of heavy <laughs> heavy topics, but yeah, even those heavy topics, but it's very necessary, you know, that we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I guess this is where we uh, will go to wrap it up tonight, and um, I'm sure we'll have Rosie back on at some point in the future. Yeah, to chat more, um, hopefully to make make the world a better place. You know, make people feel more more together and welcome welcome each other. You know, I think that's very important. Um, yeah, and yeah. I- also, COVID's no joke. Mental health, no joke. None of that. <laughs> all that's no joke. Right. Yeah, and right. uh, yeah, and actually, I did forget to mention in the very beginning of the podcast. You know, so people, if people want to relax after listening to this heavy episode, the tea I was drinking mm-hmm. earlier was called the True Blueberry Herbal Tea. Uh, the brand is Ooh. Celestial Seasonings, caffeine free. Um, yeah, you can buy it at any store. Uh, I'll, I'll have it in the dis- I'll post it in the description description for people. Um, so yeah, that's for relaxation after this episode. And, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, Ooh, that was heavy. That was yeah, That was too much. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So any, anything that we've discussed today that I, you know, that's going to be helpful for people. I'm going to post them on the description as well. Um, so people can, can read about it and know about it, uh, which is good. I think people should all they, they should all educate themselves in, in some in many yeah. ways yeah yeah but uh, i just do i want to say thank you very much rosie for coming on it's been yes. a lovely lovely uh 
conversation. I know it got a little personal there. Hope hope that it's not too personal for you. But see, that's I'm practicing that, that being great. more open and not, you know, being ashamed of it, even though it's not something I'm proud of. But that's great. It's it's the truth. Yeah, it's true. No, I love that progression. Yeah. Great. Yeah, no, but yeah, thank you. I love the progression. And uh, oh, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for everyone who's listening and who's tuning in. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, they keep, but of course, keep listening. I, I always, always have great conversations upcoming. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So thank you, everyone. <laughs> and I'll see you all. Yeah. Thank you.